Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. Yikes, a disgusting 40 to 14 loss to the Lions for the Jaguars. Now, folks are starting to really look at the future. But look, the Jaguars still have five games left, still some meaningful football left to play. They're not mathematically eliminated. Where are you at, Clay? I mean, after last week, in my opinion, I'm saying they're mathematically eliminated, even though they're not. I mean, they're the way this team played offensively, defensively, you know, you have a crazy opportunity here. Uh, the team that's leading your division is playing against the best team in the league, and they handle their business. If you win, you have a chance to control your own destiny. This was a big game. Big game for the Jaguars. Just for the fans, momentum, and they go out there and they completely lay an egg. It was, it was pretty disappointing. I rewatched the game last night, and uh, I was just, just as disappointed as I was when I first watched it. So um, uh, it's a pretty disappointing loss, but as always – there's some some positive things to take from even the worst losses as there are some some um, negative things to take from even the biggest win. So we're going to look at all yeah. of it. We're going to look at all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you want to talk about a positive. How about Trevor Lawrence being tough as nails, being that dude looking like he suffered a potentially major injury? Doesn't miss a beat. Comes back out at the beginning of the second half after Cam Robinson allowed a rookie six-round pick to absolutely abuse him for an entire half. And uh, 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 Trevor comes back out there, and it wasn't his best game, but you know everything else around him was kind of falling apart. I thought he played well, and I thought he led the team courageously despite obviously not getting the results. Yeah, that was a tough pick, and Cam... Um... Cam's got to get better. You, you paid this man to be a force at that left tackle to protect your your big-time quarterback, your huge investment here. And Cam was getting bullied out there, man. The whole offensive line didn't do a great job. I think there were some mental errors, too. Obviously, you got the Aiden Hutchinson. They forgot to block him. You know, there was a couple of plays out there that, that just weren't good. And even the receiving core with the drops, there was a lot of guys that let him down at that point. But uh, it's tough to see, man, because Trevor did. He, I mean, he is a tough player, and you root for him, and it was tough to see when he got uh, he got rolled up there. But, you know, his future, in my opinion, is still bright. I know some people are down on him after that game. But if you really look at that game, it wasn't Trevor Lawrence's fault. thought that he, he didn't have much help. No, you talk about the receivers dropping the football. Zay Jones, he had three drops. Evan Ingram had two drops. It was ugly, a really ugly performance from two guys that the Jaguars brought in this offseason to help stabilize the Jaguars' pass catchers, their, their, their targets, and two guys that have been mostly stable. Absolutely and literally could not hold on to the football for Trevor Lawrence. You talk about Cam Robinson not being able to block James Houston. The rest of the offensive line had a pretty damn good day, but it kind of seems like every week you have a shoe that drops on that offensive line. Like, nor yeah. like it's good overall. Everybody, when you look at their, their entirety of their season has mostly played really well, but every week something doesn't work on the offensive line. 
there's always one spot there, and I don't think they're going to invest much in the offensive line. Obviously, you know, you, you got to see if they want to keep Juwan Taylor, but you know, they, they they could opt to go and you know finally see what their former second round pick has and let him play. And uh, Luke Fortner's a young guy. Obviously, Sheriff's, Sheriff's going to be there for a long time. And, uh, you know, Tyler Shatley has stepped up, and he's playing playing decent. But, you know, Cam Robinson's on a long-term deal, so he's not going anywhere. So he's just going to have to improve. He's going to have to become a guy that's dependable. If they want to be a team that is going to be competing at the end of the season for division titles, Cam Robinson's got to improve. And Trevor Lawrence didn't have a bad day like you said you got to got to protect him more and, and zay jones I, I was always a big zay jones guy I even signed on my fantasy team this week after last week so so zay jones let me down my condolences yeah yeah let me down double okay <laughs> this guy was just he's dropping easy passes and this guy's got decent hands i thought i don't know i don't know what the deal was with zay i mean i don't want to just write him off after that but that was you can't have games like that it one drop pass is too many Two drop passes should never happen. Three, you are you can't play in the NFL if you're dropping three passes in a game. You can't, the, the margin of error is too small out there. You can't drop passes. No way. I don't know what's going on. He's one of the guys that I thought had, had pretty good hands. And then what are, what's your thoughts on Travis Etienne? Is he just a guy that fumbles? No, I, I mean, right now, maybe, yes. But like you've seen countless running backs that have had some fumble issues early in their career that that get it together does he need to get it together in that department absolutely he does i mean the ball has been on the ground too often this year when travis Etienne has been toting it um but i would think that's something that is solvable and correctable and that they'll be fine in that department and that even with the fumbles you would still take travis Etienne being your number one back because he's that explosive but um yeah, I think that Doug Peterson, despite only this team putting only 14 points up, I think that the offensive game plan was sound. Like, I think that there was good plays dialed up. I think that whether it was receivers dropping the ball at inopportune times or Cam Robinson giving up pressure at inopportune time, the execution just wasn't there again from this offense, which you've seen in the past. Um, and so I don't have a problem with how Trevor, or with how Doug Peterson coached this game at all. And in fact, that two-point conversion was a thing of beauty. That was yeah, a play wow. I haven't seen before. They're really thinking they're, they're about to hand the ball off to Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, come on, come on, boys. <laughs> you guys are better than that. Half the defense runs with Trevor Lawrence on the on the zone fake. Yeah. Like Doug will do some funny stuff, but he's not about to hand the ball off to Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> You're better than that defense. And I always said the defensive players were just offensive players that weren't very smart, and that's why they played defense. <laughs> and I would just say that to defensive guys because we'd, we'd have some back and forth. Yeah. But uh, that, that literally added to my evidence right there that these defensive guys, like, come on, man. Did you ever have a time where you just couldn't hold on to the football like Zay Jones did this past weekend? Early in my career, if I had one drop, it would get in my head and I would have two. But that's, you know, that's something that he, Zay Jones isn't young, like you said. Zay Jones can't do that. Zay Jones isn't a rookie that has never played in this league before. Zay Jones has to know that you have to let that go and you can't let it spiral on you. Because once you 
drop one and you 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 drop the second you can't let it spiral you got to just let that go and that's something that young players do so i'm i'm pretty disappointed in the way he played because that's that's big your your computer your quarterback puts it in your hands and you're just going to drop it like you can't do that yeah and i wanted to know too like really good nfl offenses they have three four receivers usually or at least a couple elite receivers where if they miss a ball you're like okay no problem and then you just hit them right on the next play and they catch it and then you're golden. Yeah. I don't think Zay Jones is that player. Yeah. He, I mean, he didn't show, he's got a couple more games left here and he had a big game last week, but he's going to have to, I mean, he's going to have, he can't drop another ball a year. He's going to have to show that, Hey, I have consistent hands. I'm a guy that can catch the football and do these things. And he's going to have to recover after a tough game like that because yeah. that's very disheartening you're you're literally a wide receiver your your whole job is to catch the football that's your number on your job description wide receivers job description what's the number one thing catch the football catch the before football. anything else you got to catch the ball yeah and, he, and he's dropping passes like that and multiple passes so that's tough and they were easy yeah right in the bread basket i i just think uh personally for me He's not. He's the receiver two right now. I mean, next year with Calvin Ridley coming in, he's going to be the receiver three. Yeah. I don't know that I feel comfortable with that. I'm watching that that situation closely the rest of the year. But the bottom line is, he signed a three year deal. Yeah, he's, he's not going. Be. He's not going anywhere. Um, whether or not they try to bring in some added competition for the wide receiver three spot, we'll see. I kind of doubt that they will. Because he's one injury away from being the number two, you know? That's true. I think that they should. I think that they should go out and add to the right receiver room this year Um, and not just add depth, add someone you think that can push to be on the field and push Jay Jones. Um, But that's, that's a conversation for another day. The bottom line is Zay Jones... Had a huge performance, followed it up with one of the worst performances you've ever seen by a Jaguars receiver. How does he respond in Tennessee? We'll see. Yeah. His stock um, dropped faster than than Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, man. <laughs> yes, it did. He looked like uh, meta, you know, this year down 60-something percent. His stock went up, then it went down. He's got some Bitcoin cryptocurrency stock right now. It just, it's just, you know, going up and down. So hopefully he can bounce back. Yeah. And uh, looking at the defensive side of the ball, that's where things really are out of control right now for the Jaguars, right? You talk about um, they've just been incompetent on that side of the ball for the last month. They can't cover anything. The pass rush isn't working consistently. Um, The linebackers outside of Foyer, you know, when you talk about Devin and Chad, they're both making mistakes. It looks like Mike Caldwell's being out. Co- like, I think Ben Johnson took Mike Caldwell out to the woodshed last week. <laughs> oh, he definitely did. And I don't know if these guys are playing out of position or what's going on, but, you know, something has to be done. Outside of Foyer, Luakon, maybe Tyson Campbell had a decent game. Um, I thought Dwayne Smoot played okay. And if you look at, you know, some of these guys, I was looking at some of the PFF grades. Folo Fadakasi graded out at 27%. That's 
extremely low. And I, you know, because I saw him getting moved out of the way a couple times. I go, let me check out these grades. And he's a guy that's played pretty well. This guy's getting a big money contract, and he graded out 27%. I'm like, you can't have that. Roy Robertson Harris, 37%. I mean, these are some low numbers. Josh Allen in the 40s. Trayvon Walker barely hit the 50s. I mean, these are some guys that you're you're counting on to have some big games, and they're just not answering the call. I think this one, the Lions offensive line, it's damn good. Yeah. But still, and, you got to be able to perform against good offensive lines. Oh, I, know I agree. In their run game and their whole offense is really good. Honestly, I'm not making an excuse. Them. Yeah, that's just what happened. The Jaguars got outclassed up front. Yeah, like Wild. the Jaguars that have invested buku amount of dollars on the defensive side of the ball that set a record for free agent spending this offseason can't cover anything. They can't do anything effectively on the defensive side of the ball. I think the issue started with personnel, but I yeah. think you're now seeing that Mike Caldwell is not handling those personnel issues very well, and he's not getting to adjustments. He's not figuring it out, um, and maybe he just won't be able to figure it out. Maybe there's nothing to figure out when you don't have players that can get the job done. I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So here's who we got to remember because we think of the Lions as a bad team. The Lions are a bad team, but the Lions have a bad defense. They don't have a bad offense. Their offense in yards is ranked sixth in the entire NFL, and in points, they're ranked fifth in the entire NFL. So this is a good unit. This is a good unit running the ball. The Amon Ross, St. Brown, they have some good targets on the outside. So this offense is actually a pretty good offense. Really good offense, actually. I mean, they're top five yeah. in yards and points. Yeah. But you still have to perform better than you did. And your big-time players haven't been playing well. This isn't a one-off. The, the Your two draft-pick wide receivers, or your two draft-pick linebackers, both had tough games. So it's concerning. So Mike Caldwell, you know, my former coach, I love the guy, but He's got a few games left here, and he's going to have to show that he can stop someone. Because after putting in that kind of money into the defense, and you come out here and you're just giving up 40 points to the to the Lions and in, in tough games, you might be a one and done. Do I, I don't I don't think he will be, but there's going to be that conversation if he doesn't turn it around at the end of the season. What are your thoughts there? I think he's got to turn it around this week. Oh, you think he could be a mid-season firing? No, no, sorry. I'm not saying that. Okay. But I'm saying if he doesn't fit, turn it around this week, it's I think tight. it's the beginning of the end. Um, Because the Titans, I'll tell you what. Look, history ain't kind to the Jaguars in this rivalry. It's not. Uh, No question about that. But the Titans' offense is putrid right now. Their <laughs> defense is falling apart. If if Mike Caldwell cannot figure out some way to slow down the Tennessee Titans, I just don't know what what he can figure. Like, what are we doing here? This is an offense this that can't do anything right now. Yeah, I was I was at the Philadelphia Eagles game last week. They don't look good. No. They got Derrick Henry, and that's it. 
They but average they, 18 points a game. Yeah. But you look at so you look at defenses though. Detroit to go back to that the offense. Detroit has the worst yardage off defense in the entire NFL, right? They're giving up the most yards out of any team. And then on the flip side of that, they're giving up the most points out of any team. So that's why I'm saying, you know, the Jags obviously offensively, you know, the, the D- Detroit just has an awful defense. Awful. Worst team in yards, worst team in points. When you look at the Jaguars defense, they're not much better. against Points-wise, they're not as bad as they are yards-wise. But I think a lot of that just comes from those two games early in the season. Where yeah. They, you know, shut out the Colts and then 10 points against the Chargers. Yeah, but they're bottom seven against in, in yards a lot, right? Yeah. So you got to step up against the Titans. This is a division rival team that's winning your division is most likely going to win your division and go to the playoffs. So you get a chance to prove that you can play well against a good team. Mike Caldwell's got to have a good performance this week. I agree with you. This is a big opportunity for him. If he can show that he can play against the the Titans, the team that's going to win this division and stop them, then that will be a huge little cliff note on his resume. Hey, you remember when we played our division leader last year? What I what I do against them? You know, maybe I didn't have the greatest season ever, but hey, I stopped them and I'll stop them again. So this will be a big game for Caldwell. Yeah. Jags haven't won there in Nashville since 2013. I was on that team. I caught a couple passes that game. I remember that game vividly. Since I was playing, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) You got to be kidding me, Jordan. It's been that long? (laughs) About a decade, right? Don't tell me that's a real stat. You just made that up to make make me feel old. I swear they have not beat them in Nashville since then. So it's their last stand in Nashville for me, for this team. Like, If the Jaguars do not win this game, it's time to pack it in. And I don't mean from a play calling standpoint. I don't mean from, you know, trying to go out there and compete, but it's time to see more Devin Lloyd. It's time to see Trayvon Walker being moved around the way. It's already time. I love that you still think there's a chance. I don't think that there's a chance, but if you're Doug Peterson, if you're the head coach of this football team, you have to be selling that, right? Yeah, you have have to sell it. We're still mathematically in it. We hey, we play this team twice, so yeah. he's telling that he's selling. We could play him twice; anything could happen. But you gotta, you gotta see what your young guys got. In my opinion, you start playing guys that you want to see for next season. You want to see what they have, what they can do. Get Devin Lloyd back. I know Devin Lloyd still had twenty something sack or snaps, but you got to get him in there. You, you get get some young receivers in there. Tim Jones, who Tim Jones. You know, I don't know. Let's see what these guys got. I think it's time, and it's unfortunate, but it's time. Yeah, and my guess right now is that the Titans will find some of their mojo this week that they've been missing for a while. I think the Jags have been really good at providing that. Yeah, that's something they've been good at is is getting teams back on track. That's pretty nice of them. You know, the Titans are reeling after getting drummed 35-10. to I was at that game watching A.J. Brown their former big time receiver just go off against them. So that, that, I mean, that has put a bad taste in their mouth. This guy had eight catches for 120 and two touchdowns. They let him go. You know, thank you for that. But 
you know, they're ready to get back on track. And unfortunately, the Jaguars have been very kind in that regard, letting yeah. the team get back on track against them. So let's see if we can, um, you know, maybe maybe surprise them. I, I was there in 2013, our last win. I remember that game, Jordan. I had a couple. I'm gonna pull up the stats from that game. I'll uh, I'll, I'll let you know what the stats were because I had a yes. couple catches, man. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll post a little clip for this week. Maybe they need to get you back on the roster. I don't know if tight ends the 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 biggest of the problem, but but hey, man, maybe I could play some linebacker or something. Chip Kelly tried to move me there once, but I don't think I'm not a defensive player. Defense is brutal, but I mean, offense could also use some help. Yeah. But our man uh, Evan Ingram did have a touchdown, five catches and a touchdown, even though he dropped the football. Yeah. Yeah, Evan Ingram is one of those guys, I think you're always just going to feel like you were getting, you, you're always going to feel like you wish you were getting just a little bit more from him. If the season but. ended today, would you want to bring back Evan Ingram? No. Well, no, no. I think, I think what the Jaguars need and this goes into a bigger thing, which I'll just say, no, I would want to upgrade the position. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Is it easy to do that? No, it's not easy. There's not a lot of good tight ends out there. I'll be honest. Like I'm looking at free agency. I do think this draft class is going to be impressive at the tight end position. Yeah. I haven't really looked at the draft class yet, but you don't, you don't want to put that much on a, on a rookie either. No, you're going to have to bring veterans in. Like, I mean, Ingram, uh, Darnold or not Darnold, Dan Arnold and yeah. and Chris Manhurts are all on expiring contracts. So like you're gonna have to bring in veterans, absolutely. Um, yeah, whether that's Evan Ingram or I don't know, but I think they need to try to upgrade that position. Yeah, and I know it's difficult for young tight ends to come in and dominate, but um, I don't think he earned a long term deal. Maybe they could sign. Ingram to another short-term deal unless somebody saw enough in him they want to offer him something big. But the thing I mean I he hate still about died. those deals. Like Evan Ingram, because it's a one-year deal, his entire salary counts against the cap. Yeah, it's still a big it's still a big hit. And so it's a big hit for that year. Yeah, it's not a long-term investment. But like if you look at the Jaguars 2022 salary cap. Evan Ingram has the third biggest cap hit on the team this year. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Think about it. Like, it, yeah, it's because it was a one-year, $9 million deal, whatever. But because you can't um, spread the signing bonus out throughout the duration of the contract, it's all up front. It's all right there. $9 million is 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 a lot in a year. I can't believe he got that much. I mean, he must have had some teams really after him because – nine million a year in a year i mean that's pretty damn good i think i mean and this is what trent balky said he said we weren't really worried about what we thought other teams were going to be offering our free agent signings if there was guys we wanted we went and got them and we offered them what we thought was fair and so i think they massively overpaid for christian kirk and i'm not saying christian kirk isn't worth 18 million i'm saying based on the market he wasn't getting eighteen million anywhere else. Boya Lewican wasn't getting fifteen million anywhere else. I don't think Foley was getting ten million anywhere else. So I, I'm just that's how I, I've talked to a lot of people within the league. One hundred percent, Christian Kirk and Foyer, those contracts were outliers for what everyone else was offering. 
Yeah, Christian Kirk has had a nice season, though. But still, I mean, if yeah, I'm not against bringing him in and paying him, it's you just like realize if you can get someone at a lower price, you get someone at a lower price. Yeah. Okay. You're not given unlimited funds. If the market value is such for a car, and you know your people are spending, you know, thirty k on this car, just because you really like the car, you don't go and spend forty k on it. You right. spend the thirty k, and then you have the extra ten k to do something else with. You know, like dude, Balky, some of his logic is is incredible. Like, I, like, where do you see his future? Is he the guy? I mean, I feel like he's had a lot of opportunities here. I think it's time yeah. you start looking to see if Trent Balky is your GM of the future. Yeah, I did a show about it yesterday, and for me, I thought he should have been. I didn't think he should have been hired in the first place. I didn't think he should have been retained last off season. And I don't think he should be retained this off season. I, I, and that's not because I think that everything he's done has been catastrophic, right? I think yeah. he's done some good things. I think that Calvin Ridley trade was a fantastic move. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, obviously he kind of lucked into Trevor Lawrence, but that was a fantastic move. Um, Travis Etienne looks like it was a really good move. Andre Sisko, Tyson Campbell, really good players. Christian Kirk, really good player, but you overspent on him. Foya Lucan's a good player. You overspent on him, too. There's been plenty of hits and misses from Trent Baalke, but the bottom yeah. line to me, he just... Um, hasn't done enough right uh and, and he is the one four and eight yeah and he's the one that has created the salary cap problem that the jaguars have in 2023 by signing these free agents over the last two years and these free agents haven't gotten the job done some of them have been hit sure but you spent record amounts of money and you made the defense one of the most expensive defenses in football and they can't hold a candle to anyone in the league right now they're the sixth worst in the NFL in total yards. Like, I mean, that's not what you and, spend all that money for. And that's like, not even a accurate reflection of what they are right now. Right now, they're the worst. But the like, argument they're there the worst is defense in football. Yeah, is is Mike Caldwell the problem, or is it the, is it the personnel? You know, is Mike Caldwell scheme the problem, or is the personnel groupings that you know the personnel that he, he has to work with so i think you're going to see a little bit of blame game going on these guys maybe try to keep in their jobs maybe bulky says hey i gave him the players these guys are players but he's just not using them right and then caldwell's obviously his only defense is going to be no i think that these uh you know these players aren't up aren't they can't play my system so i think you're going to see a little bit of that unfortunately. Yeah. I think the annoying thing though, is like Mike Caldwell has always said, we'll adjust our system to fit our players. Yeah. So how do you come back and say that? Right. Um, and he's raved about Josh Allen. He's raved about Foyer and some, and, and, and Devin at times and some of these other players. So I don't know how you foil all that. I do think that, I I cannot fathom running it back 100% in 2023. Are you saying you, you would you rather have you have to keep one of them? Would you rather have go would you rather go into 2023 with Mike Caldwell 
as a defensive coordinator or go into 2023 with Trent Balky as your general manager? You have to pick one. I would say Caldwell is the DC. I think that while he has been out coached at times, he doesn't have all the personnel he needs. I think like the defensive interior, the money spent there has been completely wasted. There is not a guy who can get a consistent pass rush on the interior for the Jaguars at all. And I know everyone blames Trayvon and Josh Allen, but if you watch these games, they're getting upfield. They're they're pushing the pocket a little bit. If you had any interior push, the quarterback would have nowhere to go. Um, so, but you can't th- say, you, as much as we like Trayvon Walker, you can't say, well, I'm, I'm going to ask you, can can you say that you're not disappointed in the way he's played so far this year? Did you expect more out of Trayvon Walker as the number one draft pick after what you saw this preseason training camp and whatnot and early in the preseason for him to only have two sacks and very minimal pressures? Did you expect more or are you happy with what he's done? This is an interesting one. Uh, did I expect more from Trayvon Walker in his rookie year? Yeah, I expected a little bit more from, from a statistical standpoint. But I also expected the Jaguars to be more creative in the ways they used him. Like, this is a guy that aligned all over the field at Georgia. And I expected them to start to unleash him more and more every week. You know, every time he stunts inside, he blows up a guard and gets to the quarterback. Like, almost every single time. Why aren't we doing that more often in clear pass rushing situations? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, Trayvon was a project. Everyone knew that coming in. Like he didn't have a defined pass rush skill set. He hadn't played a ton exclusively at at outside linebacker, at edge. I mean, all right. I what do you want to do? What? Here's another one. What What do you want to do with Josh Allen? I think they're in a sticky situation. Um, quite frankly, because this is a player has, that has shown that he can play at a much higher level than what we've seen over the last month or so. Um, I think you can't, you don't release him, right? Like that doesn't help you at all. Uh, you don't release him. So it's either, do you trade him or do you keep him for his fifth year option? I don't think you extend him either at this point. Uh, Just let him play out that fifth year option. Maybe that's probably what I would do. And I think, Worst case scenario is he doesn't play well and you just let him walk. Yeah. The other scenarios are he plays pretty well, but not well enough to earn a huge contract and you bring him back. Or he plays so well that another team wants him and you end up getting a compensatory pick because he signs a big deal somewhere else. So I don't think that the outcomes the potential outcomes of him playing on the fifth year deal are like catastrophic in any of the outcomes yeah but i would like to see what he and trayvon walker can can do in a defense where they're given you know more creativity more movement more ability to stunt and get on the move and do different things because they have great athletic ability and I think that the other thing is like, and I don't know if this is coaching or just the two players not 
all they do is try to get their two hands on the the offensive lineman's chest plate and rush that way. Yeah. And that's really only effective if you're going to bull rush. Yeah, they got to have better moves, man. Like if you're going to if you're going to win around the edge, bull rushing is typically not the way to do it, right? Usually you're trying to get one arm in the chest plate, keep your other arm free. I'll tell you, know, you to deflect no offensive the offensive lineman and get yeah. around that that outside hip. Offensive linemen love bull rush. They love when a guy tries to bull rush. They they don't like when a guy tries to beat him with speed, dip inside, tries to use a move. Like, trust me, they they like that bull rush. You gotta have different moves here. The bull rush isn't gonna cut it right now, guys. That's yeah. why you're not getting that many. I know, I know you like you said, the interior isn't doing them any any favors at all but like come on two sacks like these guys need to improve and have better pass rush moves and it's not like they're getting double teamed every single play like you gotta you gotta be better yeah and so yeah i think we're in simpatico with that uh i i say how about we close this out with a game prediction for jaguars and titans and then um, I'll just go ahead and say it before that. I, I'm at this point, I think you absolutely get rid of Trent Balky. I don't think the talent's there, despite massive spending and free agency and two draft classes that are absolutely loaded with capital. Um, and I would be trying to upgrade Mike Caldwell. I think you can and I'm not too. saying get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him, but are there guys out there that are more veteran uh, defensive coordinators that could potentially come in and, and really change this defense? There might be. I mean, Vic Fangio is still out there, right? Jaguars were rumored to have interest in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think you get rid of him just for the sake of getting rid of him. I think if you feel you can legit upgrade that by bringing in a guy who has time on task at defensive coordinator, who has a proven scheme, who uh, has done it for a long time in the league, then you can do that. You can pivot that way. But I don't think you just bounce him just to bounce him and bring in just Joe Schmo, who doesn't have coordinating experience. But if you get rid of uh, Trent Baalke, man, like he just brought in all his guys. Now you got a guy, you bring in a, a GM that wants to bring in some of his guys. I mean, they created this salary cap situation, so – it's going to be a tough job to pitch to someone that you really want to get, to be honest. But I agree. Balky probably has uh, his days are numbered. Mike Caldwell um, been an awful first year for Mike Caldwell, I'll be honest. But well, I don't think that his days are numbered. Balky's. Yeah, I think he's going to be their GM next year. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, that's tough if, if it is because... Like, does he really make that Calvin Ridley move if he doesn't think he's the GM next year? Good question. Good question. And they brought in Ethan Wall to kind of fortify his position, you know, his buddy from San Francisco, who I like Ethan Wall. I'm not saying it was a bad thing to do that at all, but optically it looks like that was a move that helps Trent Baalke's status in Jacksonville, not hurts it. Yeah. But then you did have Jason Lockenfora, who's notorious for getting things wrong regarding the Jaguars. 
Uh, I think he works at the Washington Post now. Yeah. But he said that it looks like Trent Baalke could be moving on from the GM position, taking on a different role in Jacksonville, and that whatever happens there, it could be uh, Doug Peterson coming out with more power. Uh, oh, wow. I'd so, be okay with that. Yeah, I would absolutely be good with that. Now, do I know anything about Doug's ability to scout and and you know handle an NFL draft? No, I don't. But uh, I'd be willing to give it a try, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think he's gonna. I mean, you've got four wins, right? That's at yeah. the end of the day, that's what you got. So, I think it could help. I would have to think that like he would be able to look at a player. And be like, yes, this player works with what I have done. I've always thought that coaches should be involved with that process more than what they are, to be honest, because they're the guys that are know the system and know what they want the guy to be able to do. So I wouldn't be terribly upset about that. Yeah. We'll see how it all plays out. Long way to go. Jaguars still have five games left, two against the Titans, one at Houston got the Cowboys at home. You got the Jets on the road, Thursday night football. We'll see how these Jaguars respond. I mean, they need to pick themselves up off the mat somehow. Do you think they do that this weekend in Tennessee? I hope they do it, but do I think they do it? I do not think they do it, man. I, I don't I don't know. I know the, the Titans are coming off of a big loss too, but the, the Jags have shown us nothing to believe that they can – they can win this game, especially on the road. They haven't won there since since 2013, since I was playing for the Jaguars. With, oh, yeah, uh, did we man. pull up the stats? How many catches did we get in that game? Not yet. I'll pull them. I'll have to pull them <laughs> up at some point. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a text with them. But Chad Henney. Let's do it. Um, we, I mean, like, come on. That, that's way too long. But the Titans, you're probably going to see a steady dose of Derrick Henry who's not having a superb year. He's only averaging 4.2 yards a carry, but he's already got over 1,000. They're giving to him early and often. We are we all know Ryan Tannehill is a guy that's not going to make many mistakes. He's not going to do anything flash. He's actually having a pretty solid year, 97 rating, 11 touchdowns, four picks. I mean, nothing to get excited about, but he's just managing the team, and somehow this Titans team has always seemed to get there, and their receiving core isn't anything great. You know, their, their defense is is okay, but for some reason, this team is just winning games. I think it's a winnable not the game. Last couple but, weeks. No. Not the last couple weeks. True. But they did play the Eagles and the Bengals. <laughs> so, yeah. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I, I do look at you know, taking the emotion out of it and just looking at these two rosters and these coaching staffs. This should be a competitive game. Like, the Titans are incredibly injured. Like, you look through their depth chart, you see IR, 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 out, IR, out. Like, it is, they're, they're down bad injury-wise. Yeah. And um, they're just not playing great football at the moment. But does that mean the Jaguars can go do something this franchise hasn't done in a decade? I don't know. What's the line on this game? I haven't checked. 
I believe Titans three and a half by three and a half. No, that's not bad. I figured it'd probably be a little more, but. Well, again, they're not playing great football, and it's easy to sell yourself on the Jaguars. <laughs> like when you look at um, their offense and different things, and you look at some of their opponents, like, yeah, it looks like the Titans are minus three and a half. Okay. Um, so it's basically a push. Like if this was a neutral site game, you'd be talking about it being really close to, to uh, you know, a pick them. Yeah. Well, so, we shall see what happens here on Sunday. How about you go ahead and make your pick? Let's I'm taking it. the Titans, unfortunately. I'm going to go with my head, not my heart. And, yeah. You know, I'm going to have to go with the Titans. You know, I just don't think the Jags, uh, the way they've been playing, I just don't think, uh, you know, they really, they really can pull this one off. I, I mean, I'd love to be surprised and it would make it, make the season a lot more interesting if they did. Because you say, hey, maybe you, you get another game against the Titans. You win out, then there's still an opportunity here. Yeah. So I would love for him to win, but I just, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, for me, the, if this is the same old Jaguars, they go in and they get stomped. I don't think they are the same old Jaguars. I think that they're better. I think the Titans are down. I think the Jaguars get this one. I think they break the streak. I don't think that the Titans defense, again, with all these injuries, is really going to have a great answer for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars offense. And I think that the Jaguars defense has a little bit of a get right game here uh, against the Titans. You know, the Jaguars defense, they have been up against a murderer's row. I mean, they have gone up against the Detroit Lions, who you talked about how good their offense is. They've gone up against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've gone up against the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. This this contest ain't the same. I mean, you have to worry about Derrick Henry, but I think they're just going to try to lock Derrick Henry up and, and dare the Titans to throw the ball and see how it plays out. Um, we'll find out very soon. But I think I'm going to take the Jaguars to win this one. I think they're going to pull everyone back in for another week. Um, and then, you know, probably lose in epic fashion to the Cowboys. Yeah, Derrick Henry, he is obviously, he's a monster and he's a huge back, but I feel like he's kind of made for our defense a little bit. I, I, I'm worried about some of those quick and shifty guys more so than Derrick Henry. And he's the straightforward type guy. He's only averaging 4.2 per carry. I yeah, think over that, the last uh, month. He's yeah. I, he's only eclipsed three yards per carry in a game once. Yeah. So this, I think this is that that bodes well for the defense. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully the Jags can pull it out and keep us invested here for another couple of weeks. But we'll see. And you know we can't uh, you know we can't leave without even though we're a little down. We always got to say it right. Let's get it. Got to hit him with one. Yep. All right. wasn't the wasn't the big win we wanted, but you know we still love you out there. Duval. It's beautiful. It always brings me joy, no matter what's going down here in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. Love it. But that is gonna do it. 
Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, this is Jordan DeLugo, Clay Harbor for Believe in Jaguars. Uh, make sure to follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. If you enjoy the content, please subscribe. Uh, please follow on whatever platform that you, you listen on or you watch on. You can find us on all the different podcast platforms. You can find us on the GenJag YouTube channel. Again, thank you so much for your support. We couldn't be doing this without you guys, and I hope you all have a great hump day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.